You're listening to the voice of dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is Nonna by Spotty Stuff. For more stories about spotted dogs, keep an eye on his Sofuri page, which is <laughs> good grief. Hypertext transfer protocol secure colon forward slash forward slash double V double V double V dot spotty stuff dot sofurry.com or find him at spotty stuff on Twitter. Please enjoy Nonna by Spotty Stuff. My Nonna, our family's de facto matriarch, spends most of her days in her little kitchen. She's just old school like that. I've tried to get her to sit down more and take it slower, but she blankly refuses. She'll let me help sometimes, but she'll never ask for it. That's just part of who she is, I guess. An old, stubborn, traditional Dalmatian, and I am very fond of her. Levati la mani, Nikki. She calls over her shoulder as I enter the kitchen. Your Uncle Dario wanted some chicken spears and bits for the barbecue. She sighs and shakes her head. Sometimes I wonder what happened to my little boy. Barbecue, by God! Whatever was the matter with real food? As I take in the rich sense of her cooking, I'm inclined to agree. A large cast-iron pot filled with her famous ragu alla Dalmatia is taking up most of the space on her ancient stove. Several different types of bread lie in the kitchen counter, waiting for their turn in the oven. The heady mix of smells takes me back to all the times we've spent in the kitchen together in the past. She's taught me everything I know about cooking, and I've used that skill for all it's worth on my dates. Uncle Daz is far easier to please than any of them, however, so I wash my paws and start chopping up chicken fillets. Nonna, did I ever introduce you to my friend Reese? I ask. He's coming today. His family's from Dalmatia too, so I figured perhaps you'd heard about him before. Reese, Reese, she ponders out loud. Does this Reese have a last name? Oh, I don't recall, come to think of it. It's either Thomason or Thompson, or perhaps it was just Thomas? I can't recall off the top of my head. Nonna smiles to herself. I believe it stems from the Tomasi family, a prominent name back in the day. Anyways, I figured I'd make sure to introduce you to him if I hadn't. He's a good friend of mine. Wonderful, she says, her tail wagging slowly like a pendulum, in that way old dogs' tails tend to do over the slightest joy. I've never had contact with that branch. They all moved out of the old country before my time, and I've been curious what became of them. He's just moved here from America, so I guess he would know, I reply, as I try to sneak one of the sizzling morsels from the pan, but quick as lightning she smacks my wrist. I hope you can tell me about his family. I am ever so curious. She continues stirring the pot as if nothing happened. Did he bring someone with him from America? Oh, maybe he came with one of the Iliaretti girls. I heard from their father they're both studying overseas. No, not quite, I say, rubbing the back of my paw. I, I don't think he's bringing someone you know. Oh, she says, her smile stiffening a bit. She knows all the Dalmatians on the East Coast and probably further west too. I don't want to reveal too much. It's best if Reese explains that part. Well, I can't wait to meet this Reese, she concludes. I'm sure he can tell me a lot about the other emigrant families in America. I'm this close to reiterating the old comment, the one that goes, Nonna, I'm sure it's only you and your Baccarat club left on the planet who still care about the heritage and bloodline stuff. It's Australia in the 21st century. We don't do arranged marriages anymore. We're cool about a lot of things, from mixing to same-sex stuff to cross-species stuff. It's all good. Suddenly, my uncle cries out from the backyard and I'm given a deus ex barbecue conversation before I can stick my foot in it. He's usually clumsy when it comes to flammables, but when I reach the veranda door, I see no carnage. 
but I can hear the snarl of a car engine coming up the street, a sharper note than my cousin Gabe's old muscle car, and very much out of place in this suburb. It's an expensive-sounding car. "'4.8!' Daz calls out in an excited tone, tail-batting as he turns to me with a grin. "'Electronic injection with a flat-plane crank, cord cam and a sports exhaust. "'Ah, Dalmatia at her finest. Listen to that purr. That's the sound of real class.' It's more than just an engine, mate. I'm telling you, it's a fucking masterpiece. I'd give my left nut to own a car like that. You've watched too much Top Gear, Daz. I roll my eyes at him. He already knows who I've invited, who his boyfriend is, and what kind of fancy car they own, and of course he's going to want to talk about it. Better leave that talk to the experts, I guess. I swing by the esky to grab a beer for him, and a few for our guests too, to dampen the blow of my uncle's company. In the backyard, just through the gate. I bark across the fence as soon as I hear the car doors close. Just give it a kick, she'll be right. Paulo might be a wolf on the outside, Dad suddenly says, leaning over with a big smirk shaping up on his muzzle. But he's more patriotic than some of us. Not only does he drive a car from Dalmatia, but he rides the Dalmatian too. Now, that's dedication, mate. Ugh, struth, Daz, do you have to? I groan. Try to act decent at least. Relax, Nicky. He grins and flips a burger absently. They're guys. Guys talk shit all the time. Just then, a white wolf comes through the gate. Behind him, a short Dalmatian with a wide smile. His spots are more densely clustered around his ears than mine, and they're black where all ours are brown. He stands out against the crowd almost as much as his husband. He perks up when he sees me, and I wave them both over. Paul, the wolf, stops to accept my beer and gives me a quick hug. Without thinking, though, I touch my muzzle to Reese's. He responds immediately, bringing his muzzle to my left side, right, then left again. Nana will go crazy for you, mate, I tell him with a smile. Welcome, and happy King's Day. I guide them into the backyard and begin introducing them to the crowd. That's Uncle Daz and his pups, Colin and Catelyn, over by the barbecue. Uh, over there, that's Nonna's cousin Dio and his wife Arena, and that's my cousin Gabriel, along with uh, Cindy, I think. Or perhaps she was the last one. In which case, this is Rose. Uh, actually, never mind. Everybody, say hello to Reese and Paul. I wave at the group of Dalmatians who quickly gather around the tall wolf. Paul is a genuine racing car driver. An actual V8 supercar series starter, a local hero. His racing car has a little pride flag on it and everything. To top it all off, he also happens to be a really nice guy. He's got this wide, amiable smile which is awfully contagious and I can tell from the deep blue eyes behind his designer sunglasses that he's genuine. I was initially worried, throwing this rich boy headfirst into an outer suburb party, but he doesn't stand out so much as I'd first anticipated, even physically. Sure, he's a head taller than all of us, but he's taken extra special care of his fur and cropped it very close. He's not wearing any striped clothes in recognition of his company, and the black polo t-shirt with his team logo on it is a nice compliment to his black and white boyfriend. Among all of us, he almost looks like another Dalmatian, but without the spots, considerably overgrown and pointy-eared. Reese seems to be struggling out here, however. He's not grown accustomed to the sun and heat just yet. I want to help him out, but I have to stick around for a short while, just to make sure Paul can withstand my family. Welcome back to Stryer, mate! Gabe calls out and slaps Paul on the shoulder. I'm Gabe. Nice to meet you. Oh, cheers, Gabe. Paul responds and shakes his paw. I don't suppose it's your statesman parked next to Nikki's car? Yeah, she's mine, all right. Gabe says, slapping his chest proudly. 450 kilowatts through the rears kicks like a beast. Almost as quick as your company car, eh? 
My company car doesn't leak like yours. Paul punches Gabe's shoulder, as if they've been friends for years already. Well, not on most occasions at least. We don't talk about the Adelaide incident in our household. Nah, that was just some horsepower escaping onto the track. Gabe snorts and winks at him, slapping Paul's shoulder again. Along with some rods and pistons. Shame about that. Bit of luck next year. Uh, you should down a piece of cardboard or something, Gabe. I intervene, exasperated. It's Nonna's driveway. You're going to get spots on it. Eh, yeah, you and your spots. Gabe laughs, nudging Paul with his elbow. What's another spot on this property, eh? I can't be bothered to argue with him. I'll let him face the music when Nonna finds out. I'm relieved to see that Paul can hold his own around the guys. I have to remind myself that, despite his soft city accent and nice clothes, he does belong here, out in the suburbs. For a minor celebrity who spent most of his adult life in America, he's very down-to-earth and friendly, and deals well with the embarrassing fanboying my otherwise cynical cousin displays. The slightly ragged property, the smoking barbecue, and the loud company doesn't bother him either. Paul, I've got to borrow Reese for a bit, okay? I say, when there's a lull in conversation. Reese has been pushed slightly to the back of the crowd, with Paul absorbing all of the attention. I guess he's used to it, but I still feel I should help out somehow. Oh, sure thing, he says offhandedly, squeezing his husband close right there in front of all the guys before handing him over to me. Nobody mentions anything or even exchanges looks. It's not what I'd have expected, but I try not to think too much about it for now. Let's get out of the sun for a bit, okay? I tell Reese as I pull him towards the house. I show him around inside the little house I share with Nonna, but I can tell that the scents from the kitchen are distracting him. Nonna, I brought you some company, I call through the house, after I've shown Reese what little there is to see. Is it Reese? comes the response from the kitchen. Nonna emerges, wearing the old tomato-spattered white apron with the red and green stitching that I made her in arts and crafts class when I was little. Ah, yes, she exclaims. Look at that. Black spots and everything. Ah, oh, you are the real deal, as they say. Hi, uh, my name is Reese Thompson. Pleased to... I know, I know who you are. Nikki told me, Nonna interrupts, brushing his outstretched paw aside as she pulls him down for a traditional Dalmatian greeting. Reese seems slightly stunned, but credit where it's due, he adjusts quickly. Nonna smiles, clutching his upper arm possessively, and pulls him into the kitchen. She guides him to a kitchen chair and is halfway through pouring him a glass of the good table wine before I can intervene. Nonna, it's a bit early for wine, isn't it? Maybe we should wait. I'm old enough to make my own rules, Nikki. Sit down and join us. She gestures to a chair, which I take wordlessly. Reese, dear, have a glass. You look like you need it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, apologies, I I didn't get your name. Oh, pardon, dear. It's Donna Francesca di Leverda. Reese's eyebrows inclined for her half a second, but he nods and sips his wine politely. It's a wonderful home you've got here, Francesca. I like the backyard especially. Lots of room. She laughs and swirls her glass with a shaky old paw, both frail and confident at the same time. You're kind, but this humble cottage is nothing to write home about. I used to live in a palazzo, you know. Ours were among the last of the noble families to leave before the revolution. You don't say, Reese exclaims. I remember hearing about the emigration in the family gatherings. You were actually there when the, uh, history was made? His ears flick quickly as he stops himself. That's one way to put it, she says, maintaining her smile. 
We came to Australia after that, and we found a good life here, where Nicky's grandfather and I could raise our pups in peace. That's the history I am most proud of. I seem to recall my grandfather talking about the revolution, Reese says with a more apologetic tone. I think his uncle remained behind to fight. Such a bloody business, that, Nonna says. But it seems to be going well for Dalmatia these days. Perhaps one day we might be able to visit? As Reese delves into his family tree, or what little he claims to know of it, she smiles with delight, and her eyes take on a dreamlike quality. Every now and then she points out personal details which she remembers about the various names Reese mentions. I get up and stir the pots and pans on the stove, as Nonna seems to have forgotten about them. My friend and grandmother talk for a long time about their heritage. Reese is surprisingly knowledgeable, which I wasn't expecting, because he's never mentioned squat to me. As I listen to their talk, I drift away into my own little world, stirring the pot and focusing on the scents of rosemary, bay leaves, and their talk fill the blank spaces around it. So, you're married then? The question snaps me out of my daydream, and I choke on the spoonsful I'd snuck from the pot while Nonna wasn't looking. I can feel my tail stop swaying and my ears perk as I focus intently on the conversation behind me. Yes, actually, my husband is Paul Courage. You know, the... Uh, the racing driver? Yes, he's the White Wolf. Isn't that right, Nicky? She asks me. The one from the television a few days back, remember, with the pretty little rainbow in his car. The, the, that sounds about right, I say, stumbling out of the gate. He drives from Sinclair, black and blue, uh, car number eight with the uh, pride flag, yes. Nicky's Uncle Dario usually comes over for Sunday dinner and they watch the races whenever he's on, she explains to Reese as she sips her wine with a knowing smile. I sometimes look in every now and then. I'm not so old and blind that I don't recognize a handsome gentleman when I see one. She continues in the same pleasant tone, and I manage to choke out a sigh of relief. You know, back in the old country, I once attended a party with the world champion Grand Prix driver at the time. He was only known as Il Dalmata Volante. He was ever so charming. I was just a young girl, don't you know? I didn't know what to do with myself when he came over. He was so handsome and clever. He even danced with me that night. Oh, I might have been the happiest girl in the kingdom. Speaking of, Paul put on a documentary about him last week. Reese recounts with a smirk. He thought it would inspire me to get more into the history stuff, but when I pointed out how charming and handsome the other Dalmatian was, then suddenly he decided I didn't need that kind of competition. I had to cook him his favorite dish before he'd even talk to me. Can you imagine? Racing drivers, am I right? Very true, she says, and laughs heartily. They are strange breed indeed. Very passionate. Reese glances over at me, just subtly enough that it goes unnoticed by Nonna. He smiles. Things are going well. Better than I could have hoped for. As the conversation ambles on, I tune out again. I wonder what it's like to just come out with something like that, as if Paul and Reese's relationship is just completely normal. Perhaps I'm the only one who thinks it's a big deal, after all. I hear you boys are allowed to raise pups these days, she says suddenly. The comment, thankfully, isn't meant to include me, but my heart hasn't caught on to that fact yet, and is rattling away like a metronome. Wasn't that what the newsman said, Nikki? she asks me. Oh, you must pardon me, Reese. Nobody tells me these things, you know. I, uh, yeah, I think so, I stammer, caught off guard by the sudden turn in the conversation. It's just paperwork these days. It's probably very bureaucratic, but it's definitely possible. 
more straightforward than you'd think, Nicky dear, Reese says with a knowing wink directed at me, which I feel is just bordering on the edge of teasing. With the right paperwork, Paul and I could be parents, yes. That's wonderful, Nonna says. You know, Reese, Nicky's Uncle John had a pup last year, but they fell on hard times and had to offer him up for adoption. It was very sad for him, but I believed it was the best for the little one. I travelled out to meet his new parents, a very charming couple of wolves who wanted a cub but couldn't have one. I made them promise to teach their new cub about his heritage. Nonna looks out into the middle distance. A sting of pride layers her voice. I've always had the highest regard for our brothers and sisters, the wolves, Reese. They will treat you right. Strong pack instinct, even these days, if that's okay to say. Oh, dearie me. No, no, it's okay, Reese says. He'd love you just for noticing. He takes that stuff very seriously, and he's not shy about it either. Thank you, Francesca. Call me Nonna, dearie. You never told me this, I exclaim. I thought Jonah was just, you know, unable to have pups. Oh, did he not tell you? Nonna asked. I was going to tell you when you got pups for yourself. Ah, yes, when I uh, get pups, I hesitate. But the words escape my muzzle anyways. I don't think she hears them. Paul and I are planning to get cubs or pups of our own one day, Reese says, diverging the conversation before it can go somewhere I don't want it to go. But I don't think with Paul's career and everything that's going to happen soon. He's such a busy bee and pups take a lot of time. Very true, she says, nodding sagely. My father never had time for me. I sometimes wished I had another one, like yours will have. Lucky little devils they'll be. She giggles, as if she were eighty years younger. If you want a nonna, you know where I live, but be quick about it. Not many nonnas live as long as I do. <laughs> That's very kind, Francesca, Reese smiles. I might just take you up on that. Nonna, I ask when there's an opening in the conversation. I think the food's just about ready. We should join the others, don't you think? It sounds like there's quite a few out there. Oh, go on, you too. I'll come out in a bit, she said, still swirling her empty wine glass absently, still staring out in the middle distance with shimmering eyes. In the garden, I notice several familiar patterns as we carry out the pots and trays. My uncle Jono and his wife Natalia, Ivana and Claude from the Baccarat Club, and cousin Gabe's father, Uncle Enzo. A smattering of spotted and mixed pups playing around in the dry brown grass. Most of them I couldn't have named, but the noise and laughter and the background hum of good conversation is making the entire setting feel safe and familiar. But I'm still thankful that Reese is here with me. We set the table with all the food Nonna made, as well as the various barbecue items, stacking them begrudgingly next to the ragu, loaves of bread, and pot of homemade tortellini. The guests soon turn their attention to the food. I've got some things I need to talk about, so I take Reese with me, and we sit down in one corner of the garden, in the shade of the parasol, on two old plastic chairs. Well, that went better than expected, Reese says, and takes a swig from his bottle of beer. From what you told me, I thought it would have to worry about some old conservative lady. But you saw how she reacted. It was a nice surprise, I say. Honestly, I've never seen her so genuinely happy. I think it helped that you had the old family name to cushion the blow. I don't think that mattered so much, really. I think if you'd have told her before this, she'd taken just as nice. Sounds like she's fond of you, Nicky. Perhaps you should just talk about this with her. I guess, but... 
I wanted to make extra sure, you know. I say, twiddling my thumbs uncertainly. I don't see why you needed us here. That's not to say I don't mind coming along all the same. I mean, damn, a chance of some traditional cooking? Try to keep me away. I only dread the workout routine the wolf is going to drag me into after this. Reese gives me a guilty smile and scratches the back of his head. Speaking of, he should be just about done by now. Paul, dear, over here. Paul turns to us and breaks free from the little fan base around him, laughing and slapping shoulders as if it was going out of fashion. He's carrying a paper plate filled with ragu, as well as wearing some of it around his muzzle. How'd it go with the other guys? Reese asks him, peering at the crowd behind Paul's shoulder. Gave them the full media treatment, did we? Nah, that wasn't even necessary, he reports. Not a bad word said of either us, or him, or everyone else we know to be out. I managed to get him to talk about some gay guys on TV. Your family's not half as bad as you led me to expect, Nicky. If it wasn't for this food... <laughs> yes, I've already pointed that out, Reese interrupts him, sticking his tongue out. I think the food makes up for it, don't you? Paul nods, and pulls up a chair next to Reese, putting a paw across his husband's shoulder. Reese wipes his mouth clean like a fussing mother, and earns himself a lick on his muzzle for his trouble. I can't help but feeling a sting of longing when I see what they share together. I know I could have it. I feel sure of it. I regret not having done this before. Some of them joke around a bit, but that's normal, Paul mumbles from behind a mouthful and takes a swig from his beer. None of it's hateful, really. It's kind of childish, sure, but that kind of joking usually stops pretty easily if you just talk to them. And they like you, Nicky, so I don't think that'll be a problem. We talked about you a bit. None of them had anything bad to say. I don't think they'll give you a hard time. They were practically falling over themselves to explain how understanding and open they were towards my situation, and I believe they'll extend to you too. I still think this was a roundabout way of doing it, Reese says. I know we're all different, and we work at our own pace, but, I mean, you could have just brought it up whenever you saw some gay dude on the TV, right? Your Nana watches those gardening shows on Nine, doesn't she? He's gay, you know, and that newsreader on daytime, too. I know, I know, I say, scratching my head embarrassedly. I always thought she worried too much about that bloodline stuff. I thought she worried too much about me finding some girl to have pups with. I didn't know what she cared more about. But now I know. It might seem convoluted having you guys test the water for me, but I'm glad we did it this way. You helped me see the things I probably wouldn't have seen if I was on my own. Hey, anything for a friend, right? Reese says, patting my shoulder. I'm sure you can cook us dinner one day to make it up. So, when do you think you'll be coming out then? I, uh, I have to think about that for a second. I deflect. I'd not made any contingency plans for a situation that didn't end with a shouting argument or a fight. But there's no getting around it. My family are not exactly who I thought they were. I can't give them an answer right there, so I don't. I get up, gesture for them to wait for me, and then head into the kitchen to find Nonna. This was Nonna by Spotty Stuff, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.